Welcome back to another week of the Life of the Party podcast. Uh, this is Karoo talking to you right now. Across from me, we have Spicy. And on yeah. the casting couch tonight, we've got our boy Mika. <laughs> Say hello. Hi, guys. He spreads Good his to be here on, the, on the, casting, the casting couch. Here at, <laughs> here, <laughs> here at the Life of the Party, we are an all colours uh, podcast. So that's why we have Mika on the casting couch tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, we'll just do a quick recap of the week. How was your week, Spicy? Get hit by any cars this week? Uh, no, I didn't get hit by any cars, sadly. <laughs> no. No yeah. cars. We're actually recording this uh, on a Wednesday. Yeah. The Wednesday the week after. Yeah. So technically tomorrow is the drop yeah. for the episode. Um, the reason we're recording it today is because just our times didn't line up properly last week and it was a too much of a bloody headache to try and get everyone here at the same time being the fact that I live in the sticks and mm. Caden's like 10 minutes away so it was real hard for him to get here too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Arguably, I, I was thinking when I rocked up here, I was like, I swear if Karu gets here before I do, he's going to flip. I, I, I would have roasted you so hard yeah. too if, if I got here before you did because that, that traffic was that shocking. Like... Because we're usually here on a Thursday and like we come in later. It's after 8 o'clock, 8.30, mm. you know, sometimes Everyone's 9 home. o'clock. Uh, yeah, there's no there's no traffic. I'm driving on the road. Compared to what it was tonight, like trying to get here, I was stuck on the same road <laughs> for like 20 minutes and you're just kind of nudging forwards and that's it. You don't even, you don't even get to like put your foot down at all. You Wouldn't just, it be nice if you had a scooter? scooter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, have you sold yours yet? No, not yet. If anyone wants to buy it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Might be no. a good time. Uh, coming off the back of my birthday as well. Uh, oh, yes. Happy birthday. Yeah, yes. happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you. Birthday week. Uh, let's not mention it ever again about my age. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nah, 22. I, nah, I, did, I did celebrate my 26th birthday last night and uh, we actually went out for dinner, had a nice dinner, claimed heaps of free shit. Uh, if, yeah. anyone's, if anyone's kept up on the, on the socials uh, at Karoo DJ on Instagram, I uh, went and claimed as much can, birthday shit as I could last yesterday. Can you actually explain how the fuck you did that? Because I want to do it for my birthday. I think so, everybody should do so, it for their birthday. Uh, yeah. Okay. This just turned into a life hack podcast, <laughs> yeah. right? So essentially you want to so- you like, there's a list. I can send you a list. Right. <laughs> I went through the list. I spent where, like, did you, where did you get the list from? Just online. Oh, okay. I spent like two it. hours signing up to heaps of shit. Epic. Yeah. And like, you know, becoming like a, a member and sign up to a newsletter and you do, it's all free. Like, it doesn't yeah. cost anything. Yeah. As soon as I'm, as soon as I'm on, I'm just unsubscribed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like they can't do anything about it. <laughs> exactly. That, that's the risk of it. Yeah. Um. So signed up for a bunch of shit like a week beforehand. And then on your birthday, they just send you all these vouchers and, and you know, I'll come to the shop and, Show you, show you driver's license and get free this, free that. You should have seen it, Mika, last night at the dinner. That like everyone was <laughs> yeah. there before he was, and then we were looking at the menu. It's like two hundred dollars for a steak. Um, like if you if you want like a fancy 70, steak. 70, like there was some burgers, like normal price 20, 26 bucks, sort of thirty, forty. There's some were like seventy. Um, they we're gonna bump, what, up, so, bump up our rate yeah, after like, eating there. Too. Everything was ridiculous. <laughs> Apart from the burgers, everything is ridiculously priced, and it's like the all you can eat minimum $80 up to like $200. Yeah. So I think there was a $400 one or something ridiculous. And we were just like, what, where are we? What are we doing? Yeah. And then I read at the bottom, like you order off of your phone off of a QR code. Right at the bottom, <laughs> it's saying, get a free birthday dinner on us. No. It's like, oh, that's, that's what, why I'm there. Yeah. Everyone's like, that's what Karoo's done. He just wants a nice expensive well, I dinner. Did, I didn't spend a fucking cent last night. That's it was great. It's impressive. We, I did, I did lunch, I did dinner, I did drinks. 
and didn't cost me nothing. That's pretty good. It was absolute That's absolute heavy. weapon. But we went to went to heaps of different different joints on the way just to two dinner, which was sick. It was sick. I think <laughs> it's probably why it was a little bit late. We did eight or nine different venues. I feel so shit today. Really? And like, because everyone that's listening that has listened previously would know that like I'm pretty hard into my training and stuff at the gym, and like I'm on very low calories and trying to cut. And I just I just have the biggest belly today yeah, right. <laughs> after eating so much food last night. But worth it. Epic. Yeah. Um, but anyway, we've got Mika in today. So Mika, explain uh, a little bit about yourself, like where you're from, what you do, and I guess how we end up with you here in the here in the studio. Cool. I'll start. I I'm Mika. Um, hey Mika. <laughs> I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to recover from being that. <laughs> it's too hard to recover at my age. Um, I grew up in the country. Um, and everything that I've kind of done um, in this industry has been based around uh, being in regional areas. So I've DJed regional areas. You started off as a DJ, yeah? I did. So yeah. I started off, my first gig um, was when I was 15. Yeah. Um, and that was, I played soccer during the day and my soccer coach at the time was the local DJ. Um, at the at the pub in Swan Hill where I grew up. Oh, see, that's like, right. You're from Swan Hill. And yeah. he's like, oh, Swan Hill. Come down one night and, and have a go. And I'm like, okay, cool. And so I went with him that night, actually. I walked straight past the bouncers. They didn't ask a question at all. And I'm like, yeah, good. Is this straight into a venue? Haven't wow. been pulled up or anything. Wait, uh, you were 15 too? I was 15. Wow. Just before, I was probably three months of being 16. An unnamed licensed venue. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which we'll probably get to later because I only played there for the first time, I reckon, 20 years later, a couple of weeks ago. Oh, wow. really? Yeah. Um, and so I walked in, went to the, the DJ booth. Now, when... I was young. Yeah. You <laughs> had two DVD players and a two channel mixer. Right. That's, and you literally would wait, sit there. Wait, yep. di- what do you mean? Well, DVD players. What's a DVD? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> We're right. Yeah. So what you came and with? So a pack you would of literally CDs. sit there. You'd have all your CDs, and you would sit there, and you would hit press and pause, uh, play and pause as quick as you could to get it to the start of the track. And if it oh, went past wow, the start of the track, you'd do. have to go back to the start again and do it again quickly until you got to the right part. Wow. And you would use your headphones, obviously. It's crazy. To kind of Wait, go so back you wouldn't have been able to change that BPM or nothing? No, nothing. It was literally just drop, drop from the start of the track. It's crazy. That's how, how they did it. Wow. That's crazy how much it's yeah. so been. And wow. so that was my first experience. My mum went out just to make sure I was all right. And at midnight, she stayed out and told me I had to get home because I had some <laughs> of the girls looking at me and it was like, you know, fresh blood. And she was like, no, you need to get out of here. <laughs> you probably got school or something <laughs> yeah, the next no, day too. No, well, this was a Saturday night and Monday and there were school teachers at my high school that were out. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. Wow. And she's like, no, you need to leave. Like, this isn't for you. I don't want you to do this as a career. <laughs> it's it's no good for you. And here he is. <laughs> all, the, all the bad people are wow. out. And so... Went home and was never allowed back in there again. Got the devil on one shoulder and the yeah, angel on the other. That's, that's how it was. And then um, I moved from Swan Hill to Bendigo the next year. and So still in region. Still, still in regional, regional yeah. yeah. And then when I was in Bendigo, you kind of do like school parties, friends parties and stuff like that. Um, I had I was the kid with the music collection. But I was the kid with the music collection. Nobody liked the music. Because <laughs> I used to, surprisingly <laughs> enough... Used to love trance, like wild FM CDs, oh, wow. all that kind of you stuff. Know, oh, that, that just unlocked a core memory right there. Wild <laughs> FM. M- my dad used to pump yep. Wild FM. And really? I, I remember when I was younger having all the CDs. They used to come in like real funky colors. Right. Um, and that's how I used to remember them. He, he yep. loved Wild FM. It was funny. And they as- start off as like the cheesiest kind of dance. And they're like, and they're like all remixes. Like- all, like all yeah, of them really? are remixes. Okay, I might need to look, like, um, look into it. Do like some research. They, they play like, like radio tunes, but like, 
I like you know Nick's uh, Nick's skits, Nick's skits. Yeah, yeah, stuff yeah. like like skits mix, oh, but okay. it was like yeah. the more commercial, less heavier version yeah, of the skits right. mix. Well, it's great, it's great. And so I had all those, and everyone would be like, "Oh, can't you play like you know Madonna and Backstreet Boys <laughs> and stuff?" This is like late nineties, early two thousands. Shit, we're playing years. now. It's the yeah, stuff we're yeah, playing yeah, now. <laughs> it's come full circle, yeah, and wow. so everyone would want that to the parties. And I think I played at our Year Twelve Muck Up Night party which was at the Sandhurst Football Club club rooms. And someone had kind of mentioned my name yep. to one of the club owners there, and they're like, oh, you know, you should get this kid down. So I went in and started playing in the nightclub in Bendigo and ended up with a residency there for 10 years. Oh, um, how old were you? Were you 18 so by then? I was, yes, I was 18. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Um, Epic. I turned 18 at the start of the year and like I'd done bits and pieces and stuff like that, but it really started the kickoff in that summer of when I finished high school Yeah, yeah. and it was good because all of my friends were younger than me and they'd all just kind of turned 18 at that time. Yeah, so right. I'm rocking into the they club. They look to you. They yeah. look yeah. like, as a this king. Is, this is the shit. <laughs> yeah. like, rock in and I'd have drink cards or they'd be coming up and I'd just be like, just bring me over a couple of drinks and they'd all be hanging yeah. off me in the DJ booth and stuff like that. I thought I was king as well. Like, yeah. don't get me wrong. I love that. When you're, you know, you're the one, especially in Bendigo where there was five or six different nightclubs and you played peak time in the one that there was a line 200 metres yeah, down. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. trying to get in. It was, it was the shit. Also, no, no line, straight, straight, straight past. Yeah. 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 Like, I'd walk up and no like, check for ID. I, <laughs> you'd have the car park just up the road and you'd be walking down. So this is, the place I played at was Universal. Now, ah, this yes, is I've where the that. deck in Bendigo is. Right. So, oh, is know, it really? Yes. Oh, shout out to the deck, Bendigo. I'm there on Saturday night. Yeah, so yeah. I was there last week. It's, yeah. If anyone's uh, listening to this on Thursday when it drops. Crazy. So. Was, yeah, it a, was so it pretty much the same layout and everything? So Yeah, so you yeah. had the upstairs, and I used to play upstairs. And upstairs, to give you an idea, when I was playing this, so 2002 to 2006. Well, I didn't even know there was an upstairs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you should touch it. It's cool. Oh, sick. So it was when Ministry of Sound was massive. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. as a DJ, you would look to what they were doing oh, yeah. for the music that you would play. Yeah, they were killing it. And it was... It was amazing. Now, at that time, Ministry of Sound was a big name. Oh yeah, like they like mixes and everything. Yeah, yeah. And it was the album. It was UK stuff, which was your kind of more cheesy radio commercial stuff. Mm. And then in Australia, they used the Ministry of Sound brand to have like kind of the big hits from the European summer all yeah. roll through this, and that's where I get all ideas for music. Right. But upstairs was a house night, and it was. I'd play on vinyl for the majority of it, um, <laughs> and they'd have CDJ eight hundreds. Yeah, right. So wow. there's no no USBs. On, no no USBs. Yeah. It was all CD and vinyl. Um, could you? Did you have to do the pause play, pause play, pause play by no, that point? Or you by could that point in to, time, you could yeah, use you the, got, you yeah. the, the vinyl turntables. Yeah. 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 Um, so I played there, and then I got into. I would have been probably twenty one or twenty two, and I used to float back and forward. So I play. Bendigo, and then I'd go to Ballarat and play in Ballarat. Um, I'd play in Shepparton a little bit. So all that kind, like that, was that like a northern to, to Melbourne, that kind of region? Yeah, so areas. kind of right through the middle. So Ballarat yep. around to Bendigo, around to Shepparton. So cutting through the middle of Victoria. Yeah, right. And I'd play there. That's where all the decks are now. Thursday, yeah. yeah, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. But then Sundays, I used to come down to Melbourne and go out. Yeah. Like living it. Five yeah. o'clock in the morning on a Saturday, I'd finish. On a Sunday, I'd finish my set at, in Bendigo. And it'd be straight in the car, come down, it'd be yep, keep go, it to, go to TFU, 
Yeah, yeah. When, like, when, we, we, we spoke when it was a we spoke about that. Yeah, we spoke about that. Could uh, Caden wouldn't know because he, he's no, younger nah, than both I of us. It, yeah. So it was rolling into there, um, and it was like rocking eight AM, and Shardy would be playing yeah. every Sunday morning, and yeah. it was the also most it's a DJ dump- by the way. I know, <laughs> <laughs> and it was the most thumping set every week with Shardy. And then go or, back. Or, or John John Holmes is that his John, is that Holmes, John, play as well? John, Holmes, Holmes John, John sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and then we'd rock home, um, and then we would go to Starbar on Sunday nights, which was the biggest Sunday night in Melbourne. Um, and it was well, I've down, heard, I've heard of Starbar down on Clarendon Street, just past the Maccas on City Road. Oh, it's near Kittens. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> it's near Kittens. That's what he said. And I started off just going there, and then I kind of met one of the DJs one night. Oh, networking. And then, hey. and then he, he played this track and I asked him about it and he's like, oh, it's actually a bootleg that I've made myself. It was of Hollaback Girl and it was crazy. And right. then fat, from that fat. point in time, mm. he's like, oh, you know, we're going to head out. Do you want to come with us and stuff like that? And I was like, oh, yeah, cool. Anyway, ended up becoming really good mates with this guy. And from that point, it led to playing at Starbar on Sunday nights, which is Yeah, because, I mean, you were there anyway, so yeah, right. you're, you're already so I was. Making started off playing the early set, and I think it was probably about three or four months or so that I played the early set every week. Yep, yeah. putting, the, putting in hard yards. And then yeah. one night, it was like the guy who usually closes, and he was also the head promoter of the place, they're like, he's not going to be there this week. Yeah. We'll get you to play yeah, the final the opportunity. set. Go on. Go well, on. They always say when preparation And I went in there, and yeah. it was like this. Preparation. I literally sat there and studied what I was going to play for a week. <laughs> <laughs> and then song by song. Went in there and I don't know how it happened, but they had the most people there at the end of the night that they've had there for ages. Because they knew you were playing? Uh, hey. No, I don't think so. <laughs> I think it was because I played everything Ministry of Sound and everyone knew what was going <laughs> oh, on. Yeah, okay. Yeah, right. And then that kind of then broke into more things. Like I went and played in Sorrento at the Conti. Every summer. So that's like, like opposite direction now. Yeah. Mm. And so that's down on the coast. And over summer, everyone would migrate down there to their beach houses and stuff like that. And you'd have 1,500 people roll through the venue on a Saturday night. Sorrento is gorgeous yeah. too. Mm. Over summer though, from Boxing Day through to Australia Day, it was open every night. Yeah. Epic. And it was full every night. And we used to, we were on such a good wicket, we'd go down there they have accommodation upstairs that we'd stay at for free every night. There was a restaurant downstairs that would feed us. We'd literally get up, go to the beach for the day, come back, play at night, and just over just and over that. Yeah, yeah. for Epic. like four weeks. Bender. <laughs> That's what it was like. Like your liver was hating you by the end of it. Yeah. It was like, come on Australia Day, please. <laughs> <laughs> um, and in that, in that time in Sorrento, I kind of got exposed to events. Right. And I loved it. Yeah. I loved the process of, Picking a lineup and looking you're being at in charge the, of, of looking at the everything. flow of the night, like you know, looking at the key people who could play a good early set, and you knew that they weren't going to come in and absolutely burn the shit yeah, out just of the people. Yeah, just all the big tunes, just yeah. play all the yeah. heavy, or and just then, yeah. and then picking the right people, like to play as a headline set. That's literally what we spoke about last week, mm. like uh, having Look, that trust in yeah. to the, the the trust in you, whoever you're employing for that night. Yeah. Like my big thing, and it is now as well, and I'll go into it a little bit later, but my big thing is is when I get people into playing early set, I want to know I can trust them. Yeah. yeah. And you got it. Yeah. That's, that's, that's Especially, one of the most important yeah. sets yeah. of the night, yeah. getting people it, in there and it, staying in there. It's the most important part. But, like people yeah. come for headliners and they'll come because the headliners there. That's cool. But if people are coming in early, 
and the person and early like hasn't it. played it and they're not vibing what's going on mm. or they've it could fuck up got the, the room. Yeah, bad. They've got the room too boisterous too early. Yeah. People are burned out by the end of the yeah. headliner yeah. and yeah. then whoever's playing afterwards doesn't have a shot because yeah. no everyone's left. left. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So that part of it, and it was just like looking at different people and, and making sure that they were doing the right things. And then it was like, back in those days, it was the trips at two, three o'clock in the morning down the uh, the bay and putting posters up on on poles and trying to get oh, people that's like, into that's old school promoting, yeah, old school right promoting and stuff like that. Um, you know, back when I was playing earlier in my early career, there was no Facebook. There was yeah, no yeah. Instagram. True. I think MySpace had kind of just started. Didn't rolling. have data on your phones. Good old Tom. <laughs> yeah, Tom. <laughs> My- <laughs> <laughs> Only the OGs will know Tom. Oh, no. What the bloody hell is and Tom? And like you pick your 12, your 12, <laughs> your 12 top, top friends. friends. <laughs> and that was no only, like, oh, I was bro. looking through my, I went MySpace back to my MySpace a little, yeah. I went back a little while ago just I, I, to I, have I a I drop look. in there maybe once a year just to have a look. My really? profile's still there. And so look, the, my MySpace is still up. It's still there. It's it still doesn't there. Get yeah. You can't do anything. In fact, I don't even it's think I can log into it. I just have a look at my page. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And like I've got people in my top friends that, like superstars now, yeah. Because like the big, like big dogs now, yeah. They were just young kids at the time. Like, yep. I've mm. got a guy Justin on there who is Airwolf, and he's over. Oh. He's over the moment made one of the biggest house tunes in the world at wow. the moment. Wow! And he was in my top friends, and like I think I spoke to him five times back then. Yeah, And you remember me? And I'm like, wow, Airwolf was one of my top friends. Like, yeah, wow. how good. Yeah. Um, and that, that that would have been like a even like a like a uh, getting into the events kind of industry. Um, branching off from being a DJ and knowing the, being around the, that crowd of people that doing the same thing. And you're like, shit, I, I could run one of these yep. things and everyone like people are going to then look to me and I like, that is, that's my event. I created that. Yep. And yeah. one of the things is with that, it was like when you, before you do it, you look at other people that do it and you go, Oh shit, this is easy. Like all you have to do is pick some DJs, yeah, yeah. right? You know, like oh yeah, put out some flies and stuff <laughs> like that. Yeah. Talk oh, yeah, to a few I, I people, do that. Yeah, what is that? Yeah, sure. And then all of a sudden, yeah. you run your first couple of events, and ten people are turned up to them, and you're like, oh, <laughs> oh what's going in? He like, you know, I'm digging into my own pocket to pay these guys yeah. and, and stuff like that. Yeah. And then it's actually a very quick, you know, stop. All right, now you have Evaluate. to study the process yeah. of what goes on. Epic. Yeah. So yeah. that was that, and then I stopped. Stop so DJing I, I or events? I stopped DJing. I stopped events. Everything. I yeah. had kids. Oh, yes. Uh, that's yeah. right. And uh, I went and got a, a, a full-time job and, yeah. um, you know, worked the, the corporate the life for a while. The grind. Yeah. yeah. And don't get me wrong. One of them I had was at Sportsbet and I love sports. <laughs> and it was the best job ever. I love sports. But I love betting. Mate, it was. Now I've got the insider traits. <laughs> I know it's rigged. No, I'm kidding. But I'd gone out one <laughs> night back to bet. Sorrento. <laughs> And just went out one night with a mate who'd gone down there to DJ and the venue manager hadn't seen for years. And yeah, of course. Like, oh, what are you doing these days? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, you know, like I'm working the grind, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, well, we're looking for some more DJs to come down. Did you want to get back into it? And I'm like, I suppose you, you you would know probably more people than he would being you know growing up around. Well, even if it was just like for himself, you've got that connection yeah. because yeah. you previously networked. Yeah, yeah. And, then, yeah. and then I'm so like, key, key. Yeah, key. I'm like, my kids are starting to get. I'm not going to say a little bit older. Like they were only 
just before school age type of thing. Yeah. yeah. But they weren't babies. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. You know, it was yeah. easy to kind of be able to work things around. It started off, mm. I'll go down for one Saturday here and I'll go down for one Saturday there type of thing. And yeah. Once you get the bug, yeah. my God, yeah. it's You're hard back. to get rid of. Yeah. And so it ended up turning into working at Sportchet during the day, getting in the car, driving the Sorrento, playing all night. Yeah. And then sleeping for a couple of hours, getting back in the car, going back ooh, to sports bed, then going home. I'd maybe spend two nights a week at home. It's triggering me a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> be, to be honest, my missus, shout out to Mia, she was the best. Like, yeah. She just yeah. she allows me to go out and do what I need to Get do. Get that creative freedom to... And work really hard on what I do, and she picks up the slack at home with the yep. kids and stuff like that. Like you need <sighs> someone. Must be nice. You need, <laughs> some, you need someone who backs you. Yeah. Now that doesn't need to be a partner or whatever. But one thing that I find. You have someone I in your do, corner. You need to have people around you. Yeah. That want the same thing as what you do. Mm, 100%. Because if you don't, you can't do it by yourself. And there's too many other people that are fighting for the same posse. And mm. if you don't have a crew working together. You mm. I guess that can, they can come down to not only like partners, friends, supporters and stuff, but even agents and everything, yep. which is yep. why it's worth it. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Kind of dips Even if it's a group of DJs, like I look at you boys and add Jesse and Chump into the mix and stuff like that. Mm. There's a really good core that we've got at Lucky mm. that Shout out to Lucky. all want the <laughs> same thing. Yeah. Yeah we're, we're all, yeah, we're all in it for the same yeah, reason. That's it. And it's so, it's so much easier for you guys to kind of push forward and get to where you want to go than what it would be if it was just by yourself yeah yeah i do agree yeah so i did that for a while back in sorrento mm. and then again went stopped right and i was playing a little bit um for some friends of mine at orange whip who used ah, to own yes. they used to part own universal and right. they bought orange whip orange whip in ringwood yeah which is yeah. where void is which now is where yep. void is now so for all our young listeners gretchen <laughs> jimmy had that they used to be at universal with me when i was there and then they bought orange whip and they're like, oh, come up onto our rooftop and play some house, you know, for the first hour before it turns into an R&B room. Yeah. Mm. Um, and from there, I kind of was just doing a couple of events with them here and there. And one of them was in Geelong. And I ended up meeting a guy in Geelong. Um, Me hometown. Woohoo. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it G-town. was an O-week event. Yeah. And I was just kind of helping out and stuff like that. And I knew this guy ran a, a venue close to my house in, in Werribee. And he's like, oh, look, come along. I'd send him a message asking if I could get a DJ set. And he's like, who's this 30-year-old? <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And then started helping him out at this event that he was doing in Geelong. And he's like, oh, you know what? You've been a help. I'll, I'll give you a go. Mm. Um, and then I ended up joining his business, um, ah, which right. is a, another agency. For like event running and everything. Events. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, right. Events. And it was an artist agency and stuff like that. Right. Um, yeah. So it's, it's it's like a it's like a for people that are listening it's like a lucky like a just a different version of lucky. Yeah. Yeah, right. Pretty much. And um I was there for 5 years. Yeah. Wow. Um which I mean that's a that's a fairly long, yeah. long oh, chunk yeah. of time to be yeah. to be there cuz like we we talk about people that um that whether it's agencies or just people coming through the industry and it's like like rotating constantly. So like 5 years is a is a good chunk it's of a time. Good mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um and you know I did Things from local events to DJing to booking people in the place. So you're still you're still DJing and doing bookings for like artists and stuff. Now, 
Well, at that, well, at at this that point, time, yeah, yeah I was. So yeah. I was still DJing. Um, I'd go and play at some of their events, um, yeah. but I'd also be doing bookings. Um, you know, it led to some of the best experiences of my life. Like I got to play over in Sky Garden in Bali. Yeah, in that, the main room that was now. open. Yeah, we, we spoke about that. Oh, my Sky goodness, when, when you're in Sky Garden, you've got two, two and a half thousand people in front of you. Yeah, and, wow. And you've got your name floating around on LED screens and stuff like that. It's the most surreal experience. Yeah, yeah, crazy. So some of the experiences I had with this mob were fantastic. Um, and I, I think it was, I'm not going to say it was hard, but it was a very small crew. Yeah. So we were very reliant on each other to make sure everything was happening everyone's doing their to. part yeah. and and making sure everything's running smoothly yeah and from that like this same mob that i worked for um also had a nightclub k street yeah ah, uh, yeah right in Terelgan. um i've played there before yeah, yeah. and i ended up that's being down my way for, yeah, yeah. for our melbourne listeners yeah, uh, way. <laughs> southeast it's, it's actually it's probably it's 50 minutes further from where i live yeah so it's a it's a good two and a half hours to the city and it was a drive like i live in the western suburbs of melbourne so i was (laughs) driving three hours on a friday to go down there and i'd stay down there for the weekend and then drive three hours back to on the sunday yeah god you boys with your driving and you'd have to pick like you said you'd have to pick the right time of day because if you hit the wrong time of day especially around peak hour on a friday Mm. that three hours would turn into four and a half coming into melbourne was easier than the traffic coming out of Melbourne. I was, because obviously on the way here, on the highway, the opposite side of the highway is fucking oh, chock yeah, a block. Ridiculous. Trying yeah. yeah, trying to get home. Yeah. yeah. So from there, like I ended up becoming the venue manager during COVID. So the, the venue manager that was there had invested in another business and he was doing that. And I kind of rolled through and steered this place through COVID. Mm. Um, you know, there were so, uh, so many ups and downs. Like when yeah. I first started, it was outdoors only, all seated. You could only have fifty people outdoors. How, how stupid was that, right? Like it you weren't ridiculous. even meant to have. You weren't even meant to have people going up to the bar. Yeah, not at, oh. if you wanted to get up and go to the toilet, you had to put on a mask, walk to the toilet with your mask on, and then you had to walk back. But you could take it off when so you got you sat to the down. table. As soon I, as you I sat remember down. it was so bad to the point where you had to have your mask on, take it off, like pull it down, sip, sip then put, put it back, on, back yeah. on. Oh my god! Um, when I was driving down, like I had to have paperwork signed for me to be to allowed say to that go you're allowed from to travel, a metro that's right. yeah. into oh. a regional area and stuff like that. And then it turned into seventy people being allowed, and then it turned into. You could have people indoors, and then it turned. And then they, and then, have and then they fucked it again, and then <laughs> <laughs> and then it was like you could have people indoors, and they were allowed to stand, but they weren't allowed to dance. Oh, that <laughs> was so weird. It was really Wait, funny. If you dance, you're more likely to catch COVID. COVID than what you are if you're standing. And then it was COVID like, is attracted to good dancers. It was like. <laughs> You can't have live entertainment, or if you did, you know there had to be a five meter gap between the DJ and, <laughs> and, and the and, patrons. And, yeah, and the patrons, and they're just—it was so hard to navigate. What and it was like time. every second week. <laughs> yeah, as an event runner, owner, yeah. anything—it was just there was no way to win, was there? Yeah. It was just the government. The government wanted you to lose. Yeah, the yeah. only way to win was to tell the government to get stuffed. Yeah. And like, I know that there were many venues, not just the one that I was at, but there were other venues that go, okay, no dance floor. We'll just chuck a table and a chair in the middle of the dance floor. And yeah. People are oh, moving yeah. around it. Yeah. I'm sorry, it's a seated area. Yeah, like, yeah. I DJed for a few of those venues. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember, I remember <laughs> yeah. Long doing that a yeah. bit too, especially in the second year. Yeah. And then you kind of, what we found was in some instances, people just like when it had fo- first opened back up to the next level, yeah. people would come out in their droves. And there'd be some times where the venue was more packed 
in the conditions that it was yeah. than yep. what it was yep. outside yeah. of COVID. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> like some of the some of the turnover yeah. was like double of what it was in yeah. COVID. I, I, I'm, like I'm a true it. believer that in a way COVID helped us because we've been booming this year. Yeah. yeah. We, yeah right definitely. now we should be dead Thursdays quite like, you know, it should be like, at, like it should have plateaued by yeah. now. Should have died down and plateaued. Some nights be just be dead. Like I'm still but DJing to, we're a, still, to a decent crowd yeah, six we're nights still, a week. Yeah. We're, yeah. We're still pumping. Yeah, and it's crazy. Like it, it's, it's almost like people have been like, I've been suffocated for been that cooped two up years. so long. Yeah, yeah. Come back and then out. there's the new crowd that, that yeah. didn't get to experience it for the first two years since it's been eighteen. Yeah, like a combination um, of all those. We things. noticed that. So I've got a venue now in Warnable that I take care of the promotions, marketing, bookings, all that kind of stuff. That's, yeah, that's my thing. And yeah, you look after us there. We like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, and love it there. We noticed that, like in the first little bit after it opened. There were so many people that had turned 18 in that time. Yeah, yeah, and bad. they just didn't know how to act in a nightclub. It was almost like nah. you were at a school dance when you were 12. Because <laughs> <laughs> the boys on one side, the girls on the other, side. and they just didn't know how to interact <laughs> do with I, each do other. I touch the girl's hand? Yeah. Do I give her a hug? <laughs> and, we'd, and we'd literally stand around and go, what's going on? Like, <laughs> we're pulling absolute crazy numbers through the door, but they're being weird. They don't know what to do. Yeah. Well, yeah. And then all the people who were kind of going out before COVID. You didn't ever see them. Like no. it's almost like, oh, we get a little bit of a taste of this, and we're not interested anymore. And then you got the new ones coming through, and <laughs> it's just like everyone's stunned. And like you'd notice, yeah, some of the people who were just turned eighteen and they didn't even have the experience for the year or so before to go yeah. to house parties and get pissed yeah. with their mates oh, when they were yeah. seventeen and stuff. And they'd come out two drinks and they were on the yeah. floor and it's like, oh god, that will be me on Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I kind of did that for five years. And all things come to an end at some stage. Of, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't necessarily mean it was bad. Doesn't necessarily yeah. mean it was good. Yeah. Um, what I will say is I believe that everything you do teaches you something. Yeah. Whether it's sure. a positive thing or whether it's a negative situation that teaches you how to deal with something in a positive way afterwards. Yeah. It always. There's nothing like experience. In. Yeah. So I did that, and I started doing things myself. Yeah, yeah. well, you've got you've got the knowledge, you've got the contacts, yeah. so, you know all that kind of stuff. So this to is leaving like the agency and stuff, but you still did Warnable. Yeah, so I yeah. still I still continued with Warnable. Yeah, um, still did. And it I had a couple of the boys down there that I started to look at in a bit of a management kind of role. Yeah, um, I felt that they were really like for they, artists. They, they know what they're doing. They, yeah. you know they could they're they could, they could do with a few in, more venues. They're playing some good music. They're playing to like really well in the venue and. I think that it's easy to play really well to one crowd that you're familiar with. Yeah, for sure. But for you to grow, you need to go and experience other places. Yeah, yeah. you need to be able to. So I kind of went into bat with a couple of venues that I had contact with and said, look, I've got these guys. I think they're really good. Um, I'd love to give them a shot in your place. Mm, and yep. they're like, yep, cool. Um, they trust you. Agent Mika. And then I <laughs> kind of like used where I was at in my situation to go, mm. okay, well, I'm booking in Warnable. So if I can get a couple of these boys down there, I'm happy to swing you a gig down. Uh, yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. Even exchange sort of thing. Yeah, that's yeah. even what I, I even say that to DJs that come up and talk to me now, If especially if I'm playing regional, for example, like somewhere else and they, they're they part of that venue, they might be a local at that venue. I'm like, oh, if you ever, if you come to Melbourne, man, like hit me up because yep. like it's a, it's a bit of give and take there. Mm. And yeah, it, for sure. It, it's one of the most important things is networking. Oh, it's the, oh, right. it is the. If we had the key, key word of key. this podcast, yeah, it's networking. Everything yep. is networking. Like I look at my situation now, and I go, "Look, I love to play gigs, but for me now, if I can give one of these young guys an opportunity that's going to kickstart the twenty year yep. career I've had, yeah. great. 
Yeah. And they've gone and done it and they're doing really well. Awesome. And I was like, okay, well, this is going all right. And then, yeah, I'm all right at this. Yeah. <laughs> and then things are going like Warnable, to be honest, in all the regional places I've been, Warnable would be in the top three places that I've been regionally in probably the last 10 years. Like yep. that yeah. crowd I is agree. so it's responsive and yeah. they go nuts. Yeah. And I was uh, having a chat with Reese. Uh, Reese from uh, Lucky. Reese from Lucky. Yeah. Good night. He looks after a lot of our stuff as well. Yeah. yeah. And. He's like, how's Warnable going? And we're just kind of, we're going through how how it works and what I do. Because you, kind of you already met Reese like through the scene yeah, and stuff like that. Yeah, because I've been booking lucky guys into Warnable for a yeah, while. Yeah. And to be honest, Reese and I had known each other. We met each other actually in Bali at Sky Garden. Yeah, right. <laughs> before right before, right before I'd yeah. ever played there, we well, met each other in the green room. Probably while night. he was still yeah, a DJ. Man. I remember. Yeah, he was. Check this. Yeah, he was. Check this. And he was still playing when I first met him. Wow. And. Yeah, so I'd had that relationship with him. Not as good as Kazam. Kazam. Kieran's Kazam. Kazam. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's elite. That's another story. Yeah. A story for another day. And we had this <laughs> kind of connection and we were having a, a chat about what I did in Warnable and and the elements that made a successful club night in a regional area and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, especially goes, in a regional area. He goes, look, I need to have a conversation with someone. Mm. I'll give you a call back tomorrow. Ooh. But I just need to, I need to get my head around something. And I'm like, okay, cool. Five minutes later. Now, mm. if you know Reese, mm. you can usually not ever get a hold of, like, it takes you three weeks to get a hold of him. <laughs> oh, oh, phone. Know, no, we know that. We know <laughs> that. <laughs> so when my phone called back five minutes later, I'm like, he wants Something, you. something's yeah. on yeah. here. Yeah. He called me back and I was about three minutes drive from home. Yeah. I got the Bluetooth on, of course. Don't drive with him. <laughs> yeah, good, good man. Drive responsibly. <laughs> and he's like, hey, can you come down to the lucky office tomorrow at 10 o'clock? Oh, oh, you know what's funny is I got a when when I got picked up by Lucky, I got a call like that as well. And I was so scared. I really? was like, thought I thought I'd done something wrong because I was playing at Lucky for, for like a month or two. Yeah. Playing good sets. And I, when they said, can you, can, hey, do you reckon you come down tomorrow and just, yeah, just pop into the office. We want to chat, to chat to you about some stuff. You've stuffed up. I was like, fuck, <laughs> like, they're going to tell me I've done something totally yeah, wrong. They're going to scan tech me or something. <laughs> so I've, I've, I've got this phone call and I'm like, for Reese to call me back, like, yeah. we can't ever get hold of him. Yeah. yeah. He's called me twice in five minutes. Like, <laughs> unheard must, of. This must be yeah. important. Yeah. So I've gone home and I've told the missus and, and she's like, oh, well, you know, things have been going all right for you. And I'm like, yeah, but, this is like a list type of thing. Yeah, yeah. And I'm pacing yeah. around the house. Yeah, like, like we said, one of the, arguably one of the, if not the biggest but, agency yeah, in Melbourne. I reckon entertainment company. Yep. If, if they're no longer just an agency, and are they? They're that's doing the so thing, much. Like at the moment, they've monopolized big growth, almost big growth. like yeah. COVID, where a lot of people struggled. They harnessed it. Yeah, and they're like, okay, this built, is time to focus. They're like, okay, well. We've got this part of our business working really well, but at the moment we can't get our artists out. Mm. So what can we do? What can yep. we do? Mm. And they just prepared. Yeah, bad. And they're yeah. like, you know what? COVID's going to end at some stage, mm. and we want to be ready to take. I was, take on I was the scared world. it wasn't mm. honestly. So <laughs> people, yeah, I was so scared. So <laughs> some people, I, I not not exactly agency wise, but before I was with Lucky, a crew I used to be like a residency. 
like club at and used to do like social media and stuff for them. I remember them talking about getting the club owner talking about getting their grants and then them like oh, spending yeah. it irresponsibly and everything. <laughs> they're like, oh, it's it's the money for our venue for our business, but they'll they'll keep it as like personal money. Yeah. Lucky didn't do that. They put the money into invest bunker, it, yeah, into bunker, buying the new venue. Yeah. Eventually, it's like yeah. And so I went into the office. And they sat down and they're like, in the what do you do? <laughs> yeah, in what the boardroom. Well, boardroom one. Ah, and it's where we started. Like, Humble beginnings. This is what we envision. We have all of the tools in here now because we've stepped, we're not stepped away from the agency, but we've built our business away from the agency. So events, mm. 180 creative. Yeah, of course. Know, the design, yeah. design and everything like that. And they're like, we foresee that there's opportunity for us in regional areas and we've never really stepped in there because we've got so much other stuff yeah, going they on. Yeah, they do, yeah. We need someone who does what you do in Warnable and has done what you've done previously in Tarelgan and other places to come in and head that up. Yeah. We think there's a real opportunity. And I'm sitting there going... Yeah, so they've, so they've, re- they've reached out to you <clears throat> after, um, you know, <clears throat> all the years that you've done yeah. all, the, all the previous work and the networking and stuff, and then they've seen that and gone, fuck yeah. They've seen it yeah, and gone. Like, they've watched their artists go down, and mm. you boys have been a part yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. other guys with Lucky have come back on the Monday and gone, everything ran smoothly. We got treated well. Yeah. We walked yeah. out with a crazy headache. Yeah. <laughs> You know, even we'll talk about your story where you forgot your clothes. And, yeah, oh, that was no. the, that and was the, the venue f- manager Marley's running around trying to find yeah. your jeans and stuff. That like that. Nice. that was yeah. the first time I played there. So I was, I was the first time I played there, and I was driving up on my own as I do, and I'd been ru- like naturally rushed out of the house because I'm fucking late for everything, and I have no f- spare time in my <laughs> life to do yeah. anything. And I'd, I'd packed up all my bags and because I was training really hard because it was be- before I went to Bali. Right. So I had to bring a bag full of food, like a meal prep, a bag full of clothes, like an overnight bag, um, and then my backpack full of DJ shit um, and stuff like that. Right. And I got, got in the car and I'd <clears throat> put my bags in the back, but I'd walked out. I must have been holding my phone in my hand or something in one hand. A bag in the other hand and my backpack on my back. Right. I left my bag behind with all my fucking clothes. Oh, no. And I didn't realize until I got to Warrnambool and I'm oh. unpacking the car. I'm like, oh, where? I've, I've, I was like, I called mum. I was like, can you just check if I've left them like at your house or if they're at my house? Yeah. She's like, they're not at my house. I was like, fuck, I've left them at my house then. No In Warrigal. And that was like four hours away because Warrnambool's not close to me. It's a four, four and a half, yeah. four hours, 20 minutes, I think it was Gosh. on the GPS. And- um. That night was the night I spent. I spent like, the, like the hour or two before I had to DJ on Marketplace, DMing people that were selling jeans in my size because <laughs> I was really? in trackies and a t-shirt, and I found a pair of jeans, nice skinny jeans, black ones fit nice. Fifteen bucks. Thanks oh, for did coming. You actually, was bloody, you actually bloody had to beautiful. Yeah. Wow. Um. And wow. yeah, I didn't have my party shirt. I had a t-shirt on that said "Live fast, eat ass." So <laughs> <laughs> that, I want a photo. <laughs> We've got photos of it. Yes. Actually, it, it was nice meeting Marley in, in that shirt oh, and no party shirt. But we may do. We may do. Wow. I'm just happy I took That's my boots off. That's the kind off. of stuff that the venue would do. Like if someone was stuck or like Tiger Lily is yeah. vegan. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. She went down and played um, over Queen's birthday weekend. Her and Chantel and. They the, the restaurant that the same people own across the road. Yeah. On the fly, made a brand new vegan menu with three different options. Wow. So she had fly, something. Yeah. And she went in there and looked at the menu and went, "I'll take 
one of each. Yeah, awesome. They're sitting in there going, what? And then she comes up to me and she's like, the food across the road is amazing. And I'm like, you do realise they specifically made that menu for you because they knew that they needed to to provide food. And so they're the types of things. And that was the feedback that would come back to to Lucky. Um, And then they're like, okay, well, there's a really good experience down there. Let's try and replicate that in areas that are in other regional places. Yeah, yeah. So they've basically, so they've come to you being like, all right, lucky don't, lucky have experience in terms of agency, booking DJs out to venues and stuff, but they don't have that middle man. No, they've got the experience to do it and you can see what they do with Lucky Thursdays and and rewards and stuff like that. It's just that they didn't have someone to champion getting this side of things into regional areas. Right. Um, so some venues that might have been hesitant to book bigger artists yep. kind of thing. Or a lot of the <clears> things <throat> that we find with regional areas is that there's venues who have people who are great at operations, making sure the place is stocked, making yep. sure staffing and all that's done. Mm. But Entertainment yeah, is right. a whole different thing. Yeah, yeah. And is. some people just don't have the time to be able to put in to get And they, the and they might have a really good venue too, yep. like a ripper mm. venue to put something on. And so this becomes an opportunity for us to go, hey, let's do this service for you. Let's yeah. use utilise all of our contacts and our experience. Yeah, all, your, all, you, all you need to do is provide the venue. Yep. We do the rest. You do that. We'll, you know, we work out a, a scenario when it comes to payment and, and what we offer as a service and all that kind of stuff. Because mm, that's what you are now, isn't it? Like, lucky, it's it's not just you're booking our DJs. It's, it's your yeah. full yeah. service yeah. that yeah. comes down to that. And the it's, it was about trying to build more of a kind of a, a revenue stream for 180 Creative where they could be doing flyers and, mm. you know, con- video content whole package. and all that yeah. kind of stuff. But still um, beneficial. You know, we've yeah. just got a, a new girl come in this week who is totally focused on social media and it's like, you know, getting wow. which is getting so stuff important. What we spoke about in the yeah. last episode, yeah. Because I'll be honest, like I downloaded TikTok five days ago. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, that's what I'm talking <laughs> about. <laughs> yeah. like, like I literally had got no idea. Like, Wait, I had someone is- in the office come up to me before, and they're like, "Can you like, can you jump on my thing?" And I'm like, "You're literally the first person I've added to TikTok." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I still don't know how to use it. I, really? I don't. What, I don't. What, are you, what are you seeing on TikTok at the moment? <laughs> is it a bit what is going? A whole on? lot of shit. To be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's all it is. It's, it's it all, is. You're like I reckon I've maybe. I've watched it for five minutes, but it's one of those things where I sit there and I go, is the next one going to be as bad as the one? I <laughs> yeah, it's, just, it's losing brain cell, yeah. Tom. Yeah. Yeah, content. Each, yeah, each swipe is yeah. a brain cell. So, oh. I understand that there's so much more to social media these days than yeah. just chucking up it's a post so and hoping yeah, for the best it? type of thing. And I think that, um, that tying back to being a DJ, like you need to have a point of difference and yeah. you've got the same people posting the same shit on social media, playing the same music. And mm. it's like, if you're going to be successful, you need to find that point of difference that's going to have you go, Oh, okay, well I'm going to choose you because you've done X and yeah. I remember X mm. instead of the people or the 25 other people over here mm. who want the same thing, but they've they don't all have done, that, they've all done extra. why. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Like maybe they started a podcast or something. Who knows? Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> yeah, but okay. So And then so my focus now is is regional areas and then that started as a regional area thing and then it's for lucky. Like, for lucky, yeah. yeah. Um so I kind of I've got venues around the country that I liaise with and, and try and help them coordinate I love their that entertainment. Word, like I don't want it's to official. I don't want to take over what they do. Yeah. I believe if they're go if they've put up the money and they want to um for their venue and they want to maximize what they've got, 
that's where you the promoter shouldn't be coming and taking it all off them. Yeah, yeah, right. We'll help you achieve what you want to achieve. Yeah. Right, and in turn that kind of helps us because we get to yeah, you know, it's a win-win. Yeah. Win, win, get you guys into different yeah. places and stuff. You like lucky that. the artist, the venue, yeah. yeah, yeah. But the venue still gets to capitalize on what they're doing. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's where I'm kind of at at the moment. Um. And we like me and me and Cajun, uh, where we play regional venues a lot. Like mm. we're party. De- we 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 found party DJs are pretty high in demand for, for so, everywhere. Not yeah. even yeah. not even just regional. It's like that's, that's, everywhere. that's what comes down to the the definition of a party DJ. It's just to cater to whatever people. Yeah, yeah, want exactly. To to I the find most. at the moment there was that you've got the party guys and they're in demand so much, and then there used to be this kind of bracket kind of that sat just above the party guys of headliners. Yeah. There's no one in that space anymore. Nah, it's either it's very... they've, they've moved up into like full headliner yeah. or it's just party DJs. Yeah. Mm. But what I find is 90% of venues, the patrons that come in, they want to associate with the music that's being played. And yeah, if yeah, they can yeah. sing along to it, exactly. they're familiar with yeah. it. That creates such a better vibe than people yeah. coming in. Just, and compared to, yeah. compared to what it used to be, like when like like we've spoken about before, like when I first started DJing, like I, I was DJing like like what we called at the time like were bangers. They were like yep. remi- all remixes mm. um, or originals, stuff like that, stuff that you know doesn't have any words, like just just full banger, minimal type stuff, right? Mm. And the the crowd, like the crowd used to froth that, right? And yep. In the in the club, that was what you would play ma- like main time. Mm. And now, if I was to go into that same club and you played that main time, you would kill that. Yeah, be, yeah. be tumble. Scenes flip. Yeah. I, I spoke to someone. Oh, I can't remember when, but or I, I remember the club, but I don't remember who it was. There was speak. They're like a minimal DJ. Yeah, and he's he's speaking about how. He hates it. He thinks it's stupid. And I was like, well, it's just, it's, it's bound to happen. It's always, it always flips every so few years. Like before minimal starting to die now and everything, and it's more commercial now. Before it was like the kick bass and the commercial bounce of the sing along sort of thing. It's all, it it always flips, doesn't it? Once every like five to 10 years. I've seen from the early 2000s was very kind of electro and trance kind of, and then it moved probably mid 2000s. It turned into like a really big house kind of scene in Melbourne it was we didn't like we, right. I during like my growing up like in the because I've been I'm 10 years now so when I first started so like the first half of my DJ career we I don't think I played house music at all but now house music has, yeah. has yeah. come back yeah. in, like we, we talk about it all the time about how big house music has come so back so 2003 to 2007 my goodness like every venue in Melbourne played house yeah and it was all commercial because of ministry and sound and one love and yep, stuff yep, yep. like that. Then it got to about 2007 to 2010, all became electro. Right. Um, and then from there, it then st- went into kick bass, bounce and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. That lasted and that, a couple of years. quite a bit of commercial. And then that kind of turned into minimal and then minimals kind of turned into techno. Yeah, actually. And then all actually, of a sudden, yeah. And yeah. That, but that only lasted a little bit and then it went to tech house. Yeah. And now you find that it's kind of a... a blend of commercial mm. with tech house and yeah and you know what i think is a massive problem I, I, and sorry with what i was saying before about some uh, ex-minimal dj hating it i also have had a few minimal djs being like oh i played an opening playing commercial at whatever their residency thing and they said they loved it and would think about playing party music more and yeah. it's it's just it's so fun isn't it yeah. i'm gonna say the most controversial thing for a dj here yeah who gives a shit what you want to play <laughs> like you're there 
to play music to, to cater the crowd to the crowd. Because they're the yeah. ones who are drinking at the yeah. bar. They're the ones that are putting money in your pocket. And they should, and they should get booked like Will yeah. Sparks. Yeah. Yeah. Like there is and, no. But that's the thing. You've earned the right to be able to go in and put exactly. On that that's the thing. If you're going into a venue. Don't you're kill the venue, like yeah. you're there to entertain. Yeah. I think that's a problem with that first person that was talking about. He's hating it because he's getting almost fuck all gigs. Yeah, like he's playing at like Tramp once every like month or something. And then yeah. the clouds close now and all this sort of stuff. They've kind of bit themselves in the ass because they want to be that when it was minimal. Minimal was so popular, yep. everyone could be a minimal DJ. Yeah, and yeah. Make, and gigs, you, gigs you, you don't, you didn't even have to produce. You could make yeah. half a brand, like like fucking fifty percent of the yep. Melbourne artists yep. do, without even being like short round or a talented producer. What people don't understand is that you need to be adaptable with what goes on. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. you you're is, rocking around going. This is, this is where I think it's really interesting because now yeah. that those these minimal guys, commercials bigger than ever, but now these minimal guys are trying to think, <laughs> okay, well, techno is going to be the new massive thing, not thinking party's going to yeah. take the lead. So now they're stuck being like, why are we no longer in relevant. demand and relevant? Yeah. Yeah. Because techno is just the new minimal, but it's not the new what's in. Yeah. Like, as you said, it went techno, now it's gone tech but house. 90% of the techno in Melbourne isn't, what it people is. overseas? No, it's not. No, techno, no, techno. no. Like it's, it, it's not like a, the same. it's a Melbourne minimal yeah. hybrid of techno. But now, as you said, it's gone to techno sort of tech house more because naturally people yeah. things want more commercial at the moment. Yeah, yeah. They're fi- they're still thinking mentally as like a I was a minimal DJ and we were the big headliners. We we got bo- booked so much and everything. Techno is just a new minimal. Why is it still not working for yeah. me? They're not getting that click of yeah. the no, scene. Just and then they're sitting there frustrated and they're going, well, you know, I should be the person getting that gig. Well, no, you haven't put in. Yeah, you know, so you w- didn't take the risk when party started yeah. to come and in because it's not dead either. There's still yeah. those artists like short round stuff, but that's where it came down to. But, but they established themselves as established artists. Themselves. Yeah, yeah. That's it. And when and not talking shit as like I hate minimal and everything. I we've spoken about this before. Yeah, when I, when I was starting my residency in Geelong and stuff, I played. Yeah. Minimal and stuff. Yeah. I've still got tracks of yours that yeah. are <laughs> minimal, minimal mashups yeah. and stuff. But because, for instance, this is just my example, I'm not talking shit on heavier artists and everything that are kind of cracking the shits at the moment because, let's face it, it is happening. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, but, but I wouldn't consider myself established. But because I wasn't producing heavies or anything, I just thought of myself as a DJ for first and foremost, which is why I started yep. playing more commercial. Yeah. Luckily yep. I started playing more commercial before oh, commercial yeah. became demand. So it's just a happy mistake. Worked, yeah. yeah. How do you find, because uh, what, what's your title, uh, I guess, at, like, at your, at Lucky at the moment? Regional events manager. So as a, as yeah. a regional events manager, do you find that the, the venues in regional want to book more commercial stuff over minimal stuff or do you have 100% pe- yeah? yeah do you ever get venues asking you alright we want to chuck a minimal DJ on who can you who can you suggest the only time that I really ever get asked for minimal DJs is if it's in conjunction with a party DJ right okay, so yeah. it's not really so on behalf happy, of both they're worlds they're to have yeah. that thing and then they go you know what we're just we're gonna build the night and this is where I talked about natural progression with your night and your music before yeah. Yeah. you'll have your residents and they'll warm up the room and hopefully when they you know when they're playing they're not in there I've had some experiences when I've played where I've had 140 beat a minute Psytrance getting oh. played before I get on a, play, a set. <laughs> that's so bad. It's a warm up house set before yeah. them. And it's like, what are you, do, mate? You're killing me. Like, yeah, yeah, that's bad. And then, you know, 
without naming names, that same person then blows up 25 different inboxes of, of people I know. <laughs> just draining <laughs> it. Just draining just, it. Just draining and it's like, mate, you know what? If you if you did the right thing in the start, yeah. then- we, we literally speak about this all we the do. time. Don't be a drainer. Don't, yeah. yeah. And I'll, I'll get into this in a bit as well, just yeah. about what to do as a regional kind of resident and stuff like that. But like- You'll get those, and then they'll come in with a really good party commercial DJ. Yeah, and then they'll go. We want, you know, we're going to expand a little bit. Mm. Don't come in and play thumper, thumper, thumper. That's not vocal. Yeah, yeah. But come in and play a cheesy, heavy set. Nice sort of in yeah, between. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A bit of bit of like, lyrics. Bit I'll of be honest. For me, Benny, your yeah. housemate, yeah, does it perfectly. Shout like, out to Benny he, Johnston. He comes in and he, he keeps it commercial. Yeah, but he. Natural progression. Yeah, from yeah. Party I agree. Onwards. Yeah, so it's a, it's a like a minimal minimal baseline and kick with a cheesy vocal. Yeah, commercial vocal. Yeah, but and going back to some people, they just don't know how to do it. No, they're, no. they're so they're so fixed set, on their set. Why can't I just play filthy heavies and everyone froth? They it? walk yeah. in there and they go, "I'm going to do what." Yeah, I this is. Do. Yeah, this is. I want to play what I want to hear. And they yeah. need to understand that the art of DJing isn't yeah. that. It's that sort unless of, you're willing yeah. to get a gig once every two months and you're playing in a bit of an underground club and that's how you want. Yeah, you can do it. That works, yeah. But if you Don't want to be playing week in week yeah. out in in you know commercial venues, yeah, you need to adjust what you're doing. Exactly, yeah. Because yeah. again, and that that that's good. Do you, do you find that I guess being in the in the role that you're in now, do you do you get to getting getting contact? I guess with other agencies that are that are maybe running um, like nights or, or venues themselves, do they have a like a position that's the same as yours? Like a person that that, that you lies with that does a similar thing to you, to you do? Or do you find um, that, that Lucky's kind of, I guess, branched out into that market first? There's probably one other agency that does it. And then there's a couple of noted, when I say noted, they're people who we know of. Yeah, okay. They yeah. go around and they do this as well. Yeah. Right, right. So they act as the promoter. Um, they're just that middleman. Yeah. But that, that's essentially what it is. So yeah. my role isn't to, I'm not going to say cut the middleman out. I think that there's enough around Australia yeah. for everyone to get a piece of the pie yeah. if, mm. if they want to put We've in said the that about DJs too. Yeah, yep, 100%. Yeah. But it's about, I think for us, we just saw an opportunity that we could bring all of the facets of our business together mm. and put that Benefit into regional areas. Yeah. Yeah. And at the moment, I guess, uh, with, with a lot of venues wanting to, like seeing opportunity to, to do that, do you find now that you are... Like we are set, oh, I guess, lucky as an agency is sending a lot of DJs out to regional more than what they were previously. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. So I think that people got kind of so used to not being able to travel or get out of the house and stuff yeah. over the last couple of years. And mm. I think that people still have a little bit of a, how do I put it? Not going to say scared, but they're hesitant to go into metro areas if they're especially if they're out in the country, right? And so, if we're kind of bringing what they can get in the city out to regional areas, they feel a bit more comfortable. Yeah, I've being actually, actually, I've always, I've, I've always thought that's the biggest thing of why they because the only reason I who did I say this to today or yesterday? It's weird. It's weird that getting all these coincidences of me recently <laughs> speaking to people. But I said the reason why people like Karoo and I can do this for a living is because if it wasn't for regional and interstate and stuff, we probably couldn't do it for a living because regional and interstate pay much better than city and i think the reason why that happens is because you're bringing 
that variety to yeah. venues. Like, hey, if you want to experience what the heart of very populated cities, a lot get, of a lot of regional towns, so you can go there and they can party with twenty of their mates. Yeah, but it's hard for them to get twenty of their to mates come down to, to Mel- all come down to Melbourne. That's exactly what I was about to you get that experience that because let's let's face it, city is always yeah. king, isn't it? That's why yeah. New York is New York and everything. That's, like yeah. city is just city. And there's a lot more opportunity to get yourself in shit in the city than yeah. what there is at home. Yeah, like, and like even if you, if you fuck up at home, everyone knows about it on the Monday. <laughs> so you, you try to keep yourself a little bit kind yeah. of tame. But if you go into the city, yeah. there's a good chance you're going to get caught out doing something. Uh, the other thing yeah. is like some of these regional towns, very small towns. It's like oh yeah, you know, a five minute walk to get home as opposed to a, a f- an hour Uber ride, mm. for example, or an hour and a half drive like yeah. to, to get home. Um, from the city if that's where something there was or they'd have to book an apartment or um shit like that and then it ends up becoming a very expensive weekend so they can only do it you know yeah once oh, every few yeah, months it'd or, be so expensive to do that yeah I, I'd, I'd hate to do that if we like if we had to pay for our accommodation and everything when we well, that, it. Well, that, well that's it like some of the some of the places we go and some of the distances that we travel to get there and stuff too yeah um i know you don't have a license so it's, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> as long but, as it's like scooting you distance. know what you can jump on the v-line and go to sleep for a dude, couple that's hours that's why i love great. it like if, if i needed my license that badly i'd already have it like i'm not i'm not i'm not against it yeah but it's just been so convenient with v-line scooters in the city it it's has, just and now so i mean good. now you can take your scooter on the train too yes yeah so you can go you can go regional and still get to the venue you need to yeah wow scooter. that's so true it's um it was it was good because i i played in um when i played in warnable last it was only a couple of weeks ago um and it would have been at the, at the venue that yep. you do the bookings for so um Level one, shout yeah, out. Level one, level yeah. One. Uh, it was actually it was a it was a pretty quiet night, but I'll be honest, like they were happy to have the us Melbourne DJs come down there. And I went with this I went with Lister and he played he played after me. We went we drove down separately, but he played after me. And there was there's one there's part of the crowd that, that vibes the cheesy, like like mm. um the real cheesy commercial stuff that we play. And then there's a crowd after I finished that list of us playing, when this was playing, that just wants to go ballistic. Right. And these are all the people that can't that don't come to Melbourne that would still like to experience yeah. this. And this is why I, I specifically Book set the, this venue up yeah. to every so often have party and then someone heavy afterwards because I know that there is a crowd yeah. that does want the heavier stuff. I'll tell you right now, the venue owner has kittens. Every time there's someone heavy coming through, yeah. it's like, oh, I can't handle this heavy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's like, okay, we'll compromise. You can make sure that three quarters of the night is party and yeah, cheesy, yeah, right. and, and and then we'll just give that other crowd just mm, what that they want. Give them what they want. Yeah, because that, yeah. that would come down. I was going to ask you before that would come down to the percentage of the crowd that you think enjoys that music. Like, what yeah. do you think is the percentage of people that like in regional? Well, I think at the enjoy- moment now, like to be honest. At the moment now, it's 80-20. There's yeah, 80% wow. of the crowd wants party music. Yeah. They want to walk yep. into a venue and be familiar with what the entertainment is. Yep. Mm. And then you get familiar the other ones. Familiar with the entertainment. That's a good way to yeah, put it. Like they want to walk in and they want to be able to sing along to music yeah. that they know, whether or not it's something from 1990 or whether or not it's something that came out on the radio last yeah, week. If they know it and they like they it. They know it and they like it, they get into it. Uh, if yeah. you play music... Mm that they don't, especially at the end of the night, like, listen, as I said, Benny, they're good at it. They play 
stuff that people still are familiar with, mm. but it's heavier. Yeah. Because if you don't do mm. that, they just walk out the venue. Yeah, I've always thought um, when I sort of almost burnt myself out for the first time, I, I don't even remember when it was, I was like, I'm getting sick of playing Get used to it. the commercial. <laughs> like my, It's just my stuff. I was, I was like, I'm getting sick of feeling like, even if I change up my sets playing commercial, I, I, you've, playing, you've played commercial for long enough. It's like, I'm sick of playing sing-alongs. How could people enjoy it? And then... I kind of understood based off of what you're saying where these patrons that are coming in to listen to commercial music, they may listen to it all throughout their week on their Spotify playlist and everything, but it's because of the different setting. It's yeah, like 100%. It's, it's the occasion of going out, you're drinking, you're not listening to it at home. It's more enjoyable. It's, it's funny, like I, I don't listen to commercial stuff in my free time at all. Me neither, but at when, all. But when I'm DJing, I'm vibing so hard with the with the commercial yeah. cheese that I'm yeah. playing, yeah. whether it's like Rihanna and Taylor Swift or like, you know, it might be like, like Neo or like, like those older, those old school cheesy artists that uh, that we play all the time. Mm, yeah, um, and you it's, would you you would see I'm vibing, and even, oh, when, yeah. even when you're playing, yeah, I'm in the D four, just like yeah, yeah let's it go. is. It is. It's the environment of it, isn't it? Yep. 100% yeah, hundred percent of these. Do you do you do any bookings for I guess regional places interstate as well? Um, it depends on. So with my role, I don't specifically do bookings. Yeah. Yeah. Um. If I'm doing the complete package, yeah. So social media, um, you know, content and design and stuff like that, and there's an opportunity to bring an artist into it, yeah. Yep, great, right. But cool. if it's purely a bookings thing, yeah, you're not. That's like another an part of the business. Okay, they yeah, take care that's of it. Fair. Um, so you, the, which is the, good too. You want to focus on There are opportunities interstate, um, not just now, but in the past, where yes, I have booked. Yeah, um, and in the future, yeah. And if yeah. there's and if there's like if there's listeners uh, that because like we have listeners from all over the shop. Like we, I, we, I had me and Spice went through the analytics actually not long ago, and we're getting getting hits from everywhere, which yeah. is awesome. Um, if people want to, if maybe they're running a venue in a, in a different state that's not Victoria, um, and they want to get. They they might have an awesome venue and they want to you know step up to the next level and, and book some artists and, and get a big night going you know make a good turnover get involved with you know some creative some creative stuff too would they go ahead and and hit you up or would they just yeah so I've got some interstate at the moment that have come to me and they're like look at the moment we're happy with what we're doing on a nightly basis yeah. But we want to push the envelope. We a could, bit. we could do it better. Yeah, right. like yeah. I've got one venue here at the moment. It's a free entry thing. They go in. and It's a bar, but they've got an auditorium at the back. And I'm like, okay, why don't you look at a bigger act that you know is going to draw mm, more people, yeah. Feel and that. you can charge, like do yeah. a, a pre-ticketed kind of event. Yeah, you know, that, yeah. We'll 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 do your artwork for the artist, being that they're our artist. Um, you know, we'll assist you with your social media, whether or not that's you want us to post or you want us to create your events or run your competitions or your birthday lists, all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah. Um, and for that week, being it's a special event, yeah, it's a we'll win win, isn't it? Because people and then they get to see, yeah, what we've done with it's one that event. whole if you build it, they'll come sort of yeah, thing, yeah. Isn't it? It's and like, yeah, they're normally free entry, but and go, okay, well, maybe we can explore this more. Mm. We've got a venue, so this venue is a bistro. It's got pokies. It's got like a big beer gun and stuff yeah. like that. There's so many facets of that business. That they're going to be sitting there going, well, maybe if we can take the 10 hours a week that we need to focus on entertainment out, we can get these other things sharpened up. And yeah. we've got someone that we've seen works mm. coming in and doing what they're doing. Maybe we can get them on a bit of a more regular basis and, and mm. get things going that way. Yeah. Um, and that's what my aim is, is to get into areas, not areas at the moment that are doing well, and are looking for that next step, I want to get some fresh 
kind of things where people have gone, we just don't know how to do it. We didn't know how to we, do it. Yeah, we want start. to do it, but, but We but want how? to, but we don't have the time or we or don't experience have experience or, yeah. or anything like that. And they're the ones we want to go to because mm. I, I would get more pride mm. in turning a project from zero to 100 yeah, yeah. Yeah. than something that's already at 85% and yeah. just giving that just little giving bit of a nudge. nudge. Yeah, yeah. That, it, that's really exciting. Like, even for, for me, like on behalf of you, I'm getting excited just from you talking about yeah. it. It sounds, yeah. it sounds cool. Like the whole, Look, yeah. I've got a fresh product um, and this one isn't regional. I also deal with some of the more kind of corporate um, uh, like co- chains and stuff like that. I had my first corporate gig this Monday in Sydney, actually. I do love some corporate. It's... A venue that when I was 18, 19 years old, my God, this place pumped. Yeah. It's the Anglers Tavern in Maribyrnong. Right? I've never been there. Ah, uh, no, but maybe you should uh, check your calendar shortly. Yes, uh, yes. <laughs> yes. I, had a, I had a look at mine last night. Really? <laughs> so this place when I was young, pumped. Like I'm talking, it took you 45 minutes to get from the back of the line to the front door on a Sunday. Like it was crazy. Right. And it was the same on Friday, same on Saturdays and We've had some discussions and we're going to do a little bit of work out there and assist them with what they're doing. Yeah. Um, as you said, look at your calendars yeah. Yeah. <laughs> over the next few weeks. And it's like, oh, look at that one. At the moment, their Friday nights is, um, it's not doing too well, but it's it's not so much. They've just, they've built up their Sundays, they've built up their Saturdays, the Fridays was the next kind of progression yeah. after COVID. Yeah. Um, and it's like, I sat there and go, this is one of the most exciting projects for me ever because yeah. I remember what it was like. Oh, of when course, I was young, of course, yeah. And it's like, here's an opportunity for if you can for, for make it to try back, and get it yeah. back to what it was. And mm. I'm like, and the, well, even, even better at that point. That's it. Even yeah. better because it used that's like you know one of your starting yep. venues. You know, it's like like a movie I used thing. to go out there like, and it was it was phenomenal. And it was like you'd never have headliners or anything like that. It's right on the river. And it was it's just like pumping. just a beautiful setting and it pumped. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? It would be one of the most fulfilling things yeah. if yeah. I can get it, you know, in the right direction of getting back to mm. that. Yeah. Little, well, that um, little question from me when we're talking about sort of coming from nothing to something in terms of venues and stuff. I want to go back to the DJs because we have quite a few DJs that listen into this. Probably our primary sort of yeah. listening. Yeah, I'd say so. We've spoken a lot about how to get into – clubs you, you generally speaking whenever we talk about how to get connections in clubs and networking and everything it's kind of been from a city aspect or your local how would you recommend to a dj let's say live in a city or a town and want to break maybe not interstate yet or you could include interstate but start to become sort of a regional dj in a sense where it's a venue that might be too far away that you might not be able to network every night that they're yeah, open of course. Yeah. Because you, you explained how you started playing and what was it, Swan Hill and then Bendigo and then you started to get like Shepparton. Because yeah, they're, 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 they're fair distances between each other. Yeah, yeah. Like how, so how would you Shepparton make that one, step? The Shepparton one fell in my lap actually. Yeah. I was over there for, there's a big car thing over there every year. I think it's called Spring Nuts. And I went over yeah. with a few mates. I've got no interest in cars whatsoever. <laughs> but there were going to be heaps of people there. It was warm weather. The beers were cold. I was like, I'm in. I'm coming. Yeah. yeah. And I went over there and there'd been a falling out between the DJ and the venue manager of one of the venues and Mm. the the venue manager knew one of the guys I was with and he's going, Oh, you know, our DJs walked out, blah, blah, blah. You got going off. I know a DJ. (laughs) And I'm like, Oh, what's going on here? And they're like, Oh, look, this has happened. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, Oh, I can get up and play. I said, I've got a few CDs here. Oh yeah. No, I said USB. USB. I bought a few of my CDs with me. I can probably get through maybe a couple of hours or what have you. And, um, did that. And they're like, 
can you come back next week? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Um, but, but going, but going yeah. back, like, don't just start throwing out to every venue that you yeah. know of. Don't oh, drain can it. I, don't can drain I come it. play? Don't drain it. Right. Because I promise you that venue manager or booking agent or promoter or whatever isn't going to sit there and study your Facebook or Instagram yeah. for 10 yeah. minutes trying to figure out where it's you are. It's almost a bad first impression yeah. too, especially if you're – like it's one thing to, to hit them up and then if they say, oh, look, maybe come down to the venue and we'll, we'll chat then. All right, cool. But then if they, if they say that and maybe you don't do that, you say, oh, hang on, I haven't had a chance to come down, but do you reckon you could still put me on? And then you, that continues and that becomes such a, like a yeah, draining right, thing. And that gives yeah. a very bad first impression. So I think, I think the, the, the easiest <clears throat> process or one that will stand out the most is probably planning a weekend away there right. or planning a night away in that place yep. and going <clears throat> there and going to the venue, finding out who you need to speak to. It's the same as, as what you do here. Yeah, okay, yeah. Okay. Right? But going to him and say, look, I live you know, an hour away or something like that or two hours away. I've been DJing at this place. Um, I'm trying to broaden my horizons. You know, mm. Explain your story. Yeah. Yeah. You spe- you right? spe- you're spending the weekend here. Yeah. Um, you know, I'd love to come here and play. Obviously, it's a bit of distance, but I wanted to come, you know, make the effort to introduce myself. Now, I'll tell you right now, if someone walked up to me and specifically sought me out in a venue and I was the booking person for that place mm. and they're like, I live a couple of hours away, but I've specifically come down for the weekend because I want to see what the venue does. I'd love to play here. I've heard good things, blah, blah, blah. Mm. I would be more likely to go, you know what, mate, send me some details over right. socials or anything yeah, like yeah. that. And I'll do some investigation that's, into it. Yeah, when you right say it like that, like, it's very formal and it, yeah. that's it. Yeah. It's not like jumping on social media and sending it to thirty venues <laughs> yeah. in Melbourne. Going, copy paste, oh, copy I want to come. Yeah. Hey, mate, book me on the next like, big thing. <laughs> I've, I've never stepped foot in your venue, but I want to play a set there because I heard that you know you. Yeah, pump. like like they are like the venue yeah. owes them right. something. But if you go down to Melbourne for the weekend and maybe go, okay, well I'm going to go to a couple yeah, of venues on Friday night, or come into Lucky on a Thursday and go, you know, somewhere on a Friday boutique Saturday, whatever. You're going to these venues, you're introducing yourself, you're explaining what goes on and go, look, I don't want to be that person that just sends you a SoundCloud link and hope for the best. Mm, I've genuine. made the effort to come down for yeah. the weekend. I wanted yeah. to come and introduce myself, see how the venue operates so I know mm. what the right music is to play when it, if you, I get the opportunity and then send a SoundCloud link of, of what suits that yeah, venue yeah. so yeah, that they, to, can they can see, see. what you do. Yeah. And to, right. be, to be fair, I, I feel like a lot of the DJs we have come through like on Thursday night, especially the new, some few of the new guys we've been putting on, uh, people that have done that have been here as patrons, have mm. come out for a drink, uh, I know, had a chat to, to a few of us um, and then have managed, you know, are scoring themselves residency gigs now. Mm, um, yeah, yeah. And even, even if, if they do what you've just said by coming to a venue they're two hours away or whatever, even if, let's say they did to you, even if they don't get a set that night, that's a way better way to yeah, potentially exactly. put your foot exactly. in the door. Than, it is. Yeah, so yeah. it could be a future investment in a way. Yep. Like If you're the, the person who's living two, three hours away and is just sending us our clan link, hey, we'd love to play in your venue, I promise you now, there are 50 guys in the city. <laughs> you're doing yeah. the same thing. Yeah. Right? And it's almost They're like, what's the, the point for the venue? Yeah. And they're all fighting for the same position you are. So you, as I said before, you need to find the way to stand out from mm. everyone else. Mm. Now, I'm not saying that regional people have an advantage over metropolitan people, but if they see that you've made the effort to come down to the club from further away, mm. probably going to look a little bit, 
you know. Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. yeah. more effort. Provided you can put the right product on the table. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, hey, hey, like I've come down here for three hours away, but I play hard style at 10 to 11. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you know, that's, yeah, that's not going to work. But if you stand yeah. out and you give the promoter a reason to look at you again, mm. instead of it just being, oh, yeah, whatever, cool, mm. here's a drink card, piss off. Mm. At the end, it's alone. like getting any job, isn't it? It's yeah. like, hey, yeah. like uh, you're basically applying for there. You want to make sure you've got the right credentials. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah. 100%. It's, it's your resume, yeah. essentially. Yeah. yeah. Do you think, um, what, actually, what we'll do is I'll use this opportunity to kind of branch into question of the week because mm. um, it's kind of it's kind of based around the same thing um, in terms of getting more gigs um, and just kind of reaching out to venues and stuff. And I think that's probably a good opportunity for you to kind of give your piece on it. Mm. So we had uh, we had Richard Turville who shot us a message and he Got said, "Rich from WA." Yep, WA. He said, "Best way to try and get into state gigs when in that state." <laughs> And oh we're, good. we're good, we're good, we're good, we're good, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if we didn't notice that ages ago. I know. Well, so I was only watching, and I watched, it, I watched it go dark, and I was like, my heart just. Oh, imagine, like, oh, no. imagine if like his. I was more scared it wasn't going to save. Oh, I, was, I was more scared. Thank about God, it. with like MacBooks or most computers nowadays, if it goes flat, it's not completely flat yeah. yet, so yeah. you can plug it in, it turns back on right away. Yeah. So like, oh. like, like lucky we, lucky we plugged that in before it went flat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are absolutely leaving that in. By the way, I'm, I'm doing a little record scratch. <laughs> so nice. Um, anyway, people won't know what happened, but uh, our, our recording uh, system just turned itself off because I uh, it turned I, it off itself it, off. It turned its. I, f- I, w- I plugged the charger and I forgot to turn the charger on. <laughs> to be fair, I should have charged the computer more today. I left yeah, the house without. It's your fault. It. It's your fault. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, okay, back to, back to we'll get through question of the week uh, from Rich. And yeah, he said, yeah, is it just networking and who you know or reaching out to venues? So, I mean, we've kind of answered part of that already in terms of reaching out to venues and, and networking. Mm. Um, if it was the other way around, let's say uh, Cajun or I were going to an interstate gig, whether it be, you know, Adelaide or interstate or place, place yeah. Adelaide, Queensland, Perth, whatever you want to call it. But we were going there not to DJ, but we were just there. How do you think would be the best way to then reach out to reach out to venues there and sa- and you know maybe pick up something? And also, do you think there would be a way to potentially get gigs before you do the interstate trip? Yeah, I mean, if there's potential for that, yeah, yeah for sure. Because I I personally think if if you've approached a venue well in advance and it, it sucks, but like if you have a bit behind you in your brand, a venue might potentially go, okay, yeah, like we might not throw too much money at you, but we've got a weekend open. We'll yep. give you a yep. shot. Similar as you said, you'll give someone a shot in your so venue. So I find with venues interstate that if you're going over there for a holiday, and you're paying for your yeah, own Yeah, they don't have to pay for fuck own, all. Yeah. True. You're paying for your own accommodation. And you hit up the venue and go, look, you, you can't just be a resident DJ somewhere that no one knows. But if you have a little bit of substance behind you, right. I think it's a lot easier to get into these venues and go, mm. look, I'm coming over. I'm going to be over there to go, I oh, know, watch the footy or I've got a cousin's wedding or, or whatever. Yep. Or I'm just coming to lay on the beach, whatever. Mm. If you go over there and the majority of the expenses are paid, mm. they'll probably pay you at, a resident rate or maybe yeah, a little yeah. bit more. But it's a win-win. But you go in there and you give it absolutely everything, everything yep. you have, mm. provided you're not playing Psytrance at 11 <laughs> o'clock at night, mm. right? But in saying that, that's where you should be maybe doing a bit of a study on mm. the venues that you need to hit up. Yeah. yeah. And you go in and you do such a good job and then it becomes so much easier for them to turn around and go, okay, well, you've got some substance behind your brand. Mm. Um 
next time you've done such a good job, we want to get you back. We'll, you know, we'll take care of X, Y, and Z for you as mm, well. I'm not gonna lie. That's actually that's actually how I got my first interstate gig. I mean, there, there's two points there. One is kind of if you already have an established brand, but that's kind of the letter of any career, yeah. isn't it? It's like yeah, the yeah. more you have behind you, the easier things and are gonna I work think out for you. That I I really think that it's a natural progression that you start with your residencies. And oh, then you yeah. start to get some headliners in your own state. I think it's near impossible. And to, then once you've got yourself established as a headliner in your own state, yeah. that then bores opportunity yeah. for you to yeah. to go to other states. Now, for Rich, I'm 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 not gonna say unfortunately, but being in WA, it's almost like WA's different yeah, cut country. off yeah. from the rest of the country. So yeah. I think for him to go to South Australia probably works well. But for him to come to Victoria, he would probably have to do that. He would have to come to Victoria mm. on holiday and go and then he could study make it, yeah. study the venues that yeah. he he thinks that he would suit. Yeah. And go, right, well I'm gonna hit up and I know for a fact that Rich knows people yeah. around yeah. um Victoria that aren't necessarily booking um agents and promoters and all that kind of stuff. Mm. But has networking DJs that he yeah, speaks yeah. to and stuff like that. And so it's a matter of chatting to those people. Mm. Like if someone was coming into state and, and they hit me up and said, look, I'm coming into state and I knew and I could trust what they were doing and they could do the right things, mm. then I would have no problem in trying to help them out. In yeah. fact, I do when I get hit up by these people. I'm exactly the same. Yeah. If, if, if I've met someone in a state where I've played before and they tell me they're coming to Melbourne, there's a there's a very, very high chance I'll do whatever I can to yeah. help you out. But there is a trust element to it. I don't want to go That's and help it. someone that I've had one or two put conversations your name behind with it. and I've never heard them yeah. play or never seen what they do <laughs> and then put them into a venue and then that absolutely fuck it yeah. that yeah and then all of a sudden where i'm trying to build yeah other people that are close to me into yeah. helping them out it totally ruins what mm. what happens oh, that's actually that's actually a it's not it's not a problem but that's happened to me a few times i've had because naturally we know people not only know us but we know other djs yeah. around yeah, australia and stuff it. i've had some people come from like won't name what states or anything because no people aren't gonna know who it is anyway because there's multiple people but they'll come to melbourne and they'll almost expect us to help them out and it's like, dude, I know who you are. I've commented on some of your stuff every once in a while, but we're not mates or yeah, anything. Exactly. And that's that's a and big it's ask. Like, it's like you go and headline somewhere in a regional town mm. or somewhere else, and one of the fresh resident DJs that's played three sets, it's mm. like, oh, I'm coming to Melbourne next month. Mm. Like, you yeah, know, I, yeah. I'm, I'm coming. I want to come and play where you're playing. It's like, yeah. mate, I've met you for half an hour. Yeah, and yeah. you played the opening set, like work hard on your craft yeah. and when you've worked hard enough on your craft, mm. you'll be in a position where you're noted mm. and seen mm. and then the opportunities will happen. Mm. I had right. someone from Tassie that actually, oh, he lives in Tassie now, but I think he was from Geelong and he knows my brother or my brother's friend or something and they actually messaged me asking for advice of how to get into like oh, right. boutique and billboards yeah. and I gave like a sort of paragraph of like a, a nice rundown of sort of just a reality you check. You replied? Of, yeah. <laughs> yes, I did reply. You have this problem too, do you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, here we go. Oh, I, I thought we were almost so <laughs> close. We almost went through a whole podcast about without it. mentioning it, yeah. um, but no, yeah, it was it was like a whole. I just basically gave them the not the harsh reality, but like just the hey, like you you say you 
live in Tassie, no idea like what you're doing, yeah. where you play and everything, and you want like a prime time set. I kind of gave that whole reality it's check. Hard to, it's hard to, hard to get into, yeah, and and don't like expect almost That's like it. just because we're coming over. Hey, come over. You can come make over it happen. for the holiday. If you do anything while you're here, that's a bonus. Yeah. That's like hundred yeah. percent. I just think, I think first time you come for a holiday, you shouldn't be expecting to get a gig. No, nah. I think you should. You should. But that, that's go. where that's where you do your networking. Have a yeah, suss the exactly venues. Right. Comes back down to being genuine. Plan it out next time you come. Because you might turn up to a venue that you think that you've wanted to play it all your life, and you walk in there and go, "Shit, I'm just not going to suit what goes on in here." Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that's or just not like beast. it in general. That's it. Yeah. Like I've even had friends that have gone to me. You know, can you get me into this club? Can you get me into that club? And I've I've gone. Yeah, no problem. Organise it for it happened. And they've ten minutes later messaged me and gone. Shit, this isn't what we expected. Mm. And it's like, get out. Look at. And it can happen the other way around. I've I've recently played at a venue that I thought I, I think it comes down to my sort of prejudice because wh- whatever crew I'm with, I always back that crew. I played at like the opposing club like six months ago or something. I actually quite enjoyed it. Yeah, you just never know. Yeah, like I played in Swan Hill, where I played my first ever gig. Mm. I played there probably six to eight weeks ago, and played music in that venue that I didn't think for the <laughs> ages was going to work. <laughs> yeah, but it was like. I looked at what the crowd was and went, okay, well, I'm going to have to do something a little bit different here. And I played it and loved it. Like people walk up at the end of the night and go, you know, this was awesome because it's not what we normally have. Yeah. Mm. And it's like, cool, you know, and you're going to have those experiences when you walk into clubs. But I think the networking thing is best. You need to come to the place that you want to <laughs> you know, play. Funny, and funny do story it. on that mm. is playing stuff where it's like they hear it and it's like, holy shit, like we haven't heard this, but like we like it, you know, kind of thing. It's funny. I it just, again, unlocked core memory. When yeah. I first, I used to play at Kittens. The that's that's why I'm so fond of that place. Hey. <laughs> also met, I also met a lot of uh, a lot of good people there. Yeah, oh yes, <laughs> lovely people. Yes, um, <laughs> made some made some good relationships there, etc., mm-hmm. etc. Et yeah, yep. keyword. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but when I first started there, because like Jesse was playing there, and he still plays there now, and I'd come out, I'd come out one night with him, and he's like, "Oh, like, I'm I'm going to go to play somewhere else. Did you want to play?" play for an hour yeah and i was obviously wasn't getting paid to pay uh, paid to play it's the first time i'd met you know the venue manager the bar manager etc etc met everyone i played a good set <laughs> and the and the girls all the girls i played till close all the girls at the end of the night came down to me were like holy shit like that's the first time we've actually been came able to down like, on you no oh, no too too wow Yes. <laughs> um, but they, they came down, they're like, oh, like that was the most enjoyable uh, kind of show that we've been able to put on in ages because it was, it was different. It was a bit yep. different to, mm. there was like, I like a, there was like a rotating group of DJs, but they just play the same kind of music. Like they know what works. Jesse yeah. needs to step up his game. Uh, <laughs> well, he's been, I think he's been there the longest now. He's, yeah, he, he's, he's I'll tell you what, I might um, suss out another another gig there. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a while. Yeah, want another night off? I need, I, I need to find myself a wife. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, right. No, it was good. And um, I think that a lot of people that uh, are listening to this podcast that, uh, that are, I guess, questioning whether. Um, it's it's something that they they want to do and you know pursue further whether it's DJing or um, you know more managerial side. I hope they've taken some some good uh, some good notes away from this. Yeah, if, this is enjoyable. If uh, some yeah. if someone wanted to get into 
I guess, the same kind of role you are, being a bit of a liaison between venues. Is that something they just kind of fall into or is it something that they reach out? Like, let's say they're local and they're probably well-known at their local, for example. Do they then go to maybe the the owner or, or the manager of that and go, here, this is... I think I want to get into this. I think I'd be pretty key to to organizing a few things. I really enjoy the role. Is that something? That, is that just kind of how they fall into fall into that? Yeah, I think, it'd be I a think bit you tricky. need. I think you need to get the networking side of it first on the other side. Yeah, organize because I don't think you can rock up like you don't want to be that guy who rocks up to a venue owner and goes, "Oh, I can do X, Y, and Z for your business." And the venue owner goes, oh, yeah, that's great. Let's start next week. And you sit there and go, yeah, yeah okay. Who, or, who, do, or, who do I get? Or the other side of the coin, it's almost like if you've got nothing behind you, you just come up to an event owner or, or like manager or owner, you're basically saying, I reckon I can run your night better, better than, than you, you can. Yeah. <laughs> Not, and then the other side too, like you don't want to be running around promising, making yeah. promises, you, can't promises yep. you can't keep. Yeah. Oh, I've got this venue. I can get you here and there. And like I see it all the time, like where people – you know, I've got DJs come to me and go, oh, you know, I, I want like all these people in Warrnambool want me to come down and play. Yeah. And it's one person. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. They've, had a, they've had a piss conversation with him <laughs> in the toilet like four weeks before. Like, you know, and you don't want that to kind of happen either. Yeah. So I think that it's it's good to get your networking to a point on the, the artists and, you know, and learn things. Yeah. Like, you know, make contacts with graphic designers and, and ask them about, you know, X, Y, and Z and, you know, what do you think works and, and that kind of thing. Um, I think knowing a lot of people in the regional areas yeah. works as well mm. so that you can draw people into the venue. Absolutely. Um, and once you've got that there without going too far over the line, go to the venue owner and say, look, you know, I'm really interested in this. Um, don't rock into a venue and I – Please do not rock into a venue <laughs> and go, let me take over your Saturday night. Yeah. <laughs> fair, right? that's fair. Because there's a good chance, 95% chance, that their Saturday night is already doing well. And you're, yeah. and you're getting and, scared. And, and, you're, yeah. and you're sitting there going, like you said, I can do better than you. Yeah. yeah. Maybe try and cut your teeth on a night that they don't open or that, you know, they're only getting a few people in. Yeah. And build that up. Yeah. Mm. Don't expect that you're going to have 500 people rock through the door when there's only been 20 going through the week before time. Yeah, yeah. Turn that 20 into 100. Because mm. I promise you, that extra 80 heads that are spending 20, big 30 revenue, bucks over big the bar, revenue. Yeah. right? The venue owner is going to notice that when yeah. the tills come through. <laughs> yeah. like, you know, yeah. And it's only a smaller amount of people. And then you can build more and then you can go, okay, well, next time I can get a DJ that's worth $1,000. And has got this many followers, and I'll be able to get a bit of you know yeah, interaction yep. there, and then mm. all of a sudden there's another hundred people in the venue, mm. and you go, oh, okay, especially well, if you're not going under, right or even if you, yeah, especially if you're not going under and it's coming out of your pocket and everything. If you're like any business, if it starts to do yep. a little bit decent for those little events, you kind of invest into commit, a bigger event. Don't commit yourself to something like you need to walk into an event and go, I'm willing to walk away with nothing. If, yeah. if I have to pull that money if, out if, of my if it pocket, doesn't work. It doesn't work. I, I need to have that money sitting there for me to to go. Okay, the DJ's paid because. Mm. Oh, I tell you what, you nothing's right worse now. than not being paid. <laughs> oh my and, god! And there are there, oh. there are people that put themselves in the middle. Yeah, good luck, Spice. <laughs> there are people that put themselves in the middle. And there's people that don't promise yeah. the world. Oh yeah. And then when it comes to pulling the money out of their pocket to pay for it, oh, you know, like. 
well, things didn't go so well, so you know I'll pay you in a couple of weeks when my next event runs well, and then the next event doesn't quite go so well, uh, and you just keep digging a bigger hole in, and all yeah. of a sudden you're like, you know, all thousands of money dollars. owed to. Oh, yeah. you know, I'll, I'll pay you in two weeks, six months later, sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think you need to get all of your ducks aligned. You need to make sure that you've got things right on one side. You need to make sure you've got things right on the the venue manager side. Mm. You need to make sure that you can actually fund Approach what like you're a doing. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's not just a bit of fun. Nah, this true. No, that's it. Business. That's it. Yeah, yeah. And I'm telling Gotta you make money. right now, Gotta if make money. you do it right, it's successful. Mm. Yeah. And if you do it wrong, the owners will treat it like yeah. <laughs> you're, you're literally because it's their reputation that it is, is getting tarnished as well. Even yeah. though you're the promoter and you're in the venue. They're looking at the venue going, that's mm. the exactly. venue you screwed just, me over. Yeah, it's they, not the yeah. person People aren't saying yeah. we went to this place where Old Mate was promoting. We went to name of the venue. Yeah. 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 I, I, rem- I remember like oh, the Geelong residency I was at, it, it got a bad reputation. And it was like from like nine years ago or something. But yeah, reputation right. sticks around. On so, the name of the on the name yeah, of the on venue, the name yeah. of just the name of the venue. Even yeah. even if it was like from whatever booking manager or whatever previous it was. owner. I don't I don't even remember what it was, but I remember yeah. it was like no, we're not going there, and we're going here. It's well, that's the good thing about uh, about where we play uh, our residencies at, where we love looking after our our patrons, and uh, yes. we are more than happy to uh, more than happy to uh, say good day and uh, have a chat, and uh, also shout you a drink most of the time. Which brings us to our drink card code word for this week, Mika. Oh yes, so each week. We uh, we give our guests the opportunity to give us the drink card code word. If, uh, if patrons are out at the club where DJing, usually on a Tuesday or a Thursday, they can come and see us and collect a few cards if they've listened to the podcast and they know the code word. Mm. It can be anything. doesn't have to be anything in, in related to, to the podcast at all, but um, something unique Let is what we need. you, random word, whatever you want. I've, uh, I've been thinking about this. It's his time. <laughs> I'm going to go with the word. Moist. Moist. <laughs> I'm all for oh it. Because you know you get a drink. It's moist. Uh, yeah, sure. Oi, let's oi. go with that. Oi, we, don't, we don't need a reason for it. Um, let's let's roll with moist. You come up to us. Don't, maybe don't tell us you're moist. Just, uh, just. I mean, you we'll can save even that say, for Lucky TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna get a bit awkward. People come up and say, oh, all right. I'm moist. You'll get an extra drink out <laughs> of you whisper it into my ear. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and it's slightly correct. Slightly correct. Lick's ear. <laughs> yeah, come up and give us the drink card code. We're moist at either uh, Boutique for Cheers Tuesdays on a Tuesday or Lucky Thursdays here at Billboards. Mm. Uh, our podcast does drop at 5 p.m. on Thursday, which will be tomorrow for us. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, today for you guys that are listening. Mm. Um, right now. Yeah, right, right <laughs> now. It. It's, it's probably about six, 6 o'clock, quarter yeah. past 6 by the time you guys listen to this, I reckon. Yeah. Uh, or who fi- knows they could be late listeners hey hey, I, six I, months I, ago <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah come by drop in the venues come say g'day um, and if you want to go ahead onto Instagram and chuck the follow on our socials at the Life of the Party podcast there is a link in the bio that you can go ahead and um, click on it'll give us give you uh, further links to all our private socials as well so Spice's page my page um, places to stream the podcast too so we stream across all major uh, streaming services, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google mm, Podcasts, everything. all the good stuff. Also, if you guys have MySpace, follow Karu and Nick <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I would love to know what's... I'm pretty sure it's just full of 
like I got my flip camera when I was around MySpace age, right? I was I was taking photos of everything. Epic. So there's probably a few fucking embarrassing selfies on there. You can go (laughs) like, and I don't know if what else. I don't know what else will be on there. I wish I knew this for your birthday. That would have been elite if there was some good photos. Benny posted enough last night. Yeah, that's true. Birthday. Don't remind me it was my birthday. (laughs) Let's forget that for another year. (laughs) But we're gonna wrap it up there, guys. Thanks for tuning in to uh, this week's episode of the Life the Party podcast. I enjoyed it. Uh, Mika, thanks for coming in, mate. Being an absolute pleasure. It has, as always. And uh, we'll see you guys next week, uh, Thursday, 5 p.m. Every week. Let's go.